1: WGR Sports Radio 550 presents Sports Talk Saturday.
2: What's so intoxicating about this game is that the
3: Bills have the punch-for-punch power to keep up with Kansas City. No one can keep up with Kansas City. You don't want
2: to get in a quote-unquote shootout with them. I don't know if Kansas City wants to get in a shootout with Buffalo. Like, they're the only team I think, maybe them and the Packers, that could really go back and forth and they could win the game 43-41.
3: to I think they have that much firepower. So, like, this is a fan's dream. If the Chiefs go down and score in four plays and they're open drive most teams that's a wrap you can't play that game with Mahomes
2: the Bills can like they have just as much firepower and player for player if I were really to take let's say you give me Allen and Diggs and Smoke and Cole and all them versus the Chiefs guys I don't mind it at all I like the matchup a lot
1: on WGR Sports Radio 550
3: everyone seems to like the matchup it's one we've been building up to all year. It is awesome to be sitting here on a Saturday at two o'clock in the afternoon when you would typically be listening to what would be on right now? ESPN radio? Do we have NBA some sort of uh, college games sport over during going the on. day? Yeah. Right. No, typically that that's stuff that I am n- no offense, like I'm always got the station on. I'm not listening to college basketball. So no? maybe maybe it would just be ESPN radio talking about what's upcoming on championship Sunday but we have this Bills Chiefs game. Like it has happened. We are here talking about it for the next 4 hours. Joe DiBiase and Lou DiBiase, a special playoff edition uh, of Sports Talk Saturday. Um and uh, can we, we we could have seen it coming, right? Like this was the game we've been building up It had to, to be this season. way.
4: It had to be this way. Like if you're going to to get there, I mean, I know last week we talked on the same day or on Sunday about, you know, Chiefs Browns wanting Cleveland to win that game but I'll tell you what like I, I know Cleveland would have been the more favorable matchup but even last mm-hmm. week I felt like I want to get there to get to the Super Bowl and to even win it I want to go through the best and so while yeah Cleveland would have been ideal to go through yeah. Patrick Mahomes to get there I mean it's a fun story it's a fun matchup and you know you got to beat the champ to get there
3: so yeah seems pretty fitting If you want to give me and Lou a call today, the number is 803-0550. This special playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday is brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets, the best game day deals in town. By Taco Bell, get your cravings under control with nacho fries at participating Taco Bell locations. And by Catalyst Fitness, activate your life. All bills all day, WGR Sports Radio 550. I want to get to at some point over the course of today's show, talking about a little bit the NFC Championship and the the idea that we will know who the Bills would play in the Super Bowl should they win tomorrow. And I want to specifically talk about Brady for that because if this was a movie script, I'm not even sure they would write the Bills versus Brady in the Super Bowl because it's just it's too much. It's too good. It's it's yeah. too much of a movie <laughs> script type of storyline. It's like this couldn't happen. It's right. too perfect. So I want to get to that. We will get more on the Chiefs from Therese Paler of Yahoo coming up in about an hour at three o'clock. And then Dan Pizzuta from Sharp Football Analysis had a great piece on Stephon Diggs this week. He's gonna be coming up with us at five o'clock and your calls throughout the rest of the day. So Get him coming at 8.03.05.50. I do want to start, though, with just the matchup itself and the likelihood that the Bills could win because I don't know that we're going to spend a lot of time on that. Because sure. I think everyone knows there's a great chance that the Bills are going to win this football game. I think even the Chiefs and Chiefs fans understand that this was the biggest threat in the AFC to them. A lot of these playoffs yep. we have spent day after day talking about, and before that, even like playoff matchups going into wild card weekend. Who do you want to play? Who's the biggest threat to the Bills? Who should the Bills be fearful of? Should they be fearful of Baltimore over Miami? How scared should we be of Indianapolis? What about Pittsburgh, Cleveland, all these teams? That's what we've been dissecting. But very little time have we actually spent on what the Bills pose as a threat to these other teams, especially the one team that has been definitively above them in the standings all year, and that is the Chiefs. And if I think if I'm a Chiefs fan... This was the one team I wanted to avoid, even though they've looked much more pedestrian in their first two playoff games than at least they did at the end of the regular season.
4: Yeah. No, I think and we've been talking about the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Colts, the Browns, because the Bills, there's not many teams they're looking up and there's there's only the Chiefs that were above them in the AFC this year. And so yeah, you were talking about which teams do you want to avoid, you know, for the longest Time possible to get to this moment, but you knew eventually you were going to have to play the Chiefs. I, in all year, we've been talking about, you know. The Bills and where where they are when it comes to like the tiers of the NFL. like Are they a championship contender? And The only team that I said really they're just not with quite yet, I still thought all year the Kansas City Chiefs were in a tier of their own. But what we also said a lot of the time was if there was a team that was built to beat the Kansas City Chiefs at their game, like if Patrick Mahomes is on and it doesn't matter what defense you have, he's going to put up 30-plus points in that game who can match that? Who has the firepower to match Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that loaded offense with Andy Reid as head coach, to me the best play caller of the 21st century. I thought it was the Buffalo Bills, and so I think the Bills were built the best to beat the Chiefs at their game, Mm -hmm. and with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, the way they just are so committed to passing the football this year in 2020, that is why I'm confident in the matchup I think again I still believe the Chiefs are like they're in a tier of their own still in the NFL but if there was somebody that was right there with them knocking on the door it's the Bills and so it's fitting that this is the AFC championship matchup and it's fitting that it's the two teams that like to throw the ball the most in the AFC so it's a fun matchup as well.
3: Yeah I, I do want to get to week six matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs also because everything you just described there that's basically how these two teams have have gotten to this point Mm -hmm. where they are going to meet tomorrow on the field at Arrowhead Stadium for the right to go to the Super Bowl. It was by throwing the football. The Week 6 matchup between the two was almost the complete opposite. The Chiefs ran the ball more than they had in any game this season, and the Bills had their lowest statistical output of the year, except for, I think, the New England game, which was a couple weeks after, in terms of passing attempts and passing yards. Allen with, like, 122 yards in that game. Like, it was running the football for Kansas City. The Bills, Sean McDermott basically admitted after that game. Like, they were banged up on defense, and McDermott was like, we we basically, paraphrasing, we basically had to give them something. So we were not going to let Patrick Mahomes beat us over the top. We were going to give them the run game. We were just going to do it. And I think... At that time, that was smart. It didn't work, but you did keep them under 30 points, and you gave your offense a chance to be able to win that game. And again, that was with a banged up defense. The Bills defense versus the Chiefs' offense to me is maybe a more interesting it is definitely to me, and that might not be to everybody, a more interesting matchup than the Bills' offense against the Chiefs defense. That is because Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, they are two of the best defensive minds in the sport. Like they take a quarterback, they figure out his weaknesses, and they figure out how to pin him in in that little corner mm-hmm. and exploit that. Lamar Jackson, they have done it twice now, where they have made Lamar Jackson stand in the pocket knowing that his receivers are not going to get open.
4: Did a great job of that on Tom yeah. Brady, too, the past couple years when he was in New England.
3: McDermott's great That's, track record yeah. of playing Tom Brady. And even Mahomes, again, earlier in the season, like they held him in check for an offense that blows everybody out of the water. I don't know that I could see this Chiefs offense putting up a 40-burger, 50-burger on the Bills like they can to almost any given defense, and that is with a Bills defense that's been, you know, above average this year. It's not like they've been dominant. They've been one of the best in football. Yeah. But now, again, they are healthier than they were in Week 6. I think that gives them more options for what to do tomorrow Tomorrow uh, afternoon, night, evening, whatever we're calling it, 640 evening. Mm -hmm. Um Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, both being back healthy. Milano doesn't even play in that game in Week 6. He's your best linebacker covering the field side to side. Edmonds is who you rely on more so to stop the run from the linebacking core. He was hurt in that game, and he got caught in a one-on-one matchup with Travis Kelsey down around the goal line, and he just got exploited. And I think he would get exploited again if you put him in a one-on-one situation enough times, but I think a healthier Edmonds, you've got a better shot of being able to cover... Travis Kelsey. So, I think the Bills defense could present a lot of challenges for Kansas City. And I think, like I went over this on the Nightcap this week with Brendan Keaney, Like, what point total would you feel comfortable with the Bills scoring? Like, the lowest amount of points, you would be like, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. And I think we yeah. both had the same number, 31. Because I was we, say, it's
4: got to be 30 plus. Yes.
3: Yeah, we saw the Bills me. keep Kansas City to 26 mm-hmm. with a banged up defense. And I I, I maybe I'm not giving Kansas City's offense enough credit. I do respect I it say, as the that's best. Kind of where I'm at here. I respect it as the best offense at football. Yeah. But I do think the Bills can keep them to around 26 points. No,
4: again. I think it's reasonable, and I think that's the matchup you should look at. I think I don't know. Would you say the Bills' defense is a better chance of shutting down the Chiefs' offense? I mean, then Chief, the Chiefs' than the defense, the Chiefs does, defense of the does of Allen and the Bills. I don't know. Hmm. I'm more focused. on... I would on... say yes. Yeah, I think I'm more focused though on the Bills offense versus the Chiefs offense because to me while I do totally respect Sean McDermott's ability to shut down a great offense and a great quarterback, he has a damn good track record of it since 2017. To me though, this Chiefs team is kind of like to make an NBA analogy, when the Golden State Warriors would get hot in the third quarter just that avalanche of three-point shooting. There is nothing you can do. You just gotta match them, you know, point for point, blow for blow. Um, And so the to me the thing is I just I think this Chiefs offense is just on another level. And even this year, like you said, they were more pedestrian than maybe we thought at times, but they won a lot of games by one score, the majority yeah. actually. But they still it felt like they went 14 and 2 like in their sleep going 75%. Right, they were on cruise and, control. And then the there end. was but then there's moments though in the end of the game when they're like, "Oh, we got to we, we got to win this game." They they have a switch that they can turn on at any moment. And so to me, if Patrick Mahomes is on I, to me, I just don't know if there is a defense that can stop that, and so I'm more focused on can, if that's the case on Sunday, and that's the kind of Chiefs, that's the day they're having on offense, especially through the air, can Josh Allen and the Bills match that? And so, yeah, yeah. they're probably going to have to score 30-plus. I think the Bills' defense is coming off their best performance of the year against Lamar Jackson, but this is a different style of offense. This is a team that just doesn't matter how well you are you know, handling them schematically. Mm-hmm. Execution, though, they're just that talented that it might not matter. And so I'm more focused on can Josh Allen and the Bills' offense get back to where they were the majority of the season? Because it's been kind of an up and down playoff performance so far uh, the last two weeks.
3: Yeah, it, it has been. Allen has not really had that explosion yet in the playoffs. He played really well. I was going to say, against I got he the played Colts. great against the Colts. He played yeah. even great against the Colts. But I would not consider him to have been just seemingly unstoppable. Yeah, where
4: he was matchup proof in the, yeah. the regular season. Oh. Where he's.
3: Den- dominating top five defenses every week. Denver, yeah. San Francisco, New England, like those three games against good defenses, mm-hmm. he looked unstoppable. And even
4: against Pittsburgh, I mean, it wasn't his best game, but he still put up two, what, 40 plus and two touchdowns. He was touchdowns. good in that game. Yeah, too. he was still but good in that game.
3: The Colts game, he was not necessarily, like, up and down the field. Like, yeah. there's nothing you can do. Like, they were able to keep him in check to some degree to a point where they kept him, the Bills' offense, under 30 points. And I think I'm still waiting for. That Niners' performance, that Broncos' performance, that Patriots' performance—I'm still waiting for that in the playoffs. I'm not—I sh- I don't think it takes that to beat Kansas City. Like the good thing about where this Bills' offense has come, I'm not sure. Like we said, I said for the Colts that it would take the Colts a plus a game to beat the Bills, mm-hmm. and then the Bills would even have to play like a C, and the Bills gave you a B in that game and the Colts just left a little bit out there. A field goal, a fourth down, a punt on the on the opposing side of the field. They left a little bit out there on the field and the Bills won. Yeah. They had way they had more paths to victory than Indianapolis does. In this game, I'm not sure it has to be that Kansas City have has more paths to victory than the Bills do because they are so similar sure. of teams this year and down the stretch of the regular season at least The Bills were the better team, and Cleveland was doing all right against Kansas City. Like They weren't blowing the doors off of the Browns. They were probably on their way to scoring 40 if Mahomes stays in there, maybe. But at that point, they were doing just all right. And I think that it might not take Allen's A-plus game. It might not take 350 and four touchdowns total from Allen to beat Kansas City. I think he could have a very good game. Not be completely unstoppable, but and maybe the the Mahomes injury and their injuries on offense in general could play into this together. And what I said about the Bills defense in this matchup, if you hold them to 26 to 30 points, like I think they can, that the Bills can get to 31 without Josh Allen's best game.
4: And, and they both, you're making good points. I think they both have shown they can win in multiple ways. Whereas like you're saying with the Colts and even the Ravens last week. The Ravens could only win like one style of a football game. They can't really win a game yeah. if you're scoring thirty plus. They're just not gonna be able to match you through the air. And so the Bills and the Chiefs have both both shown that, but
3: Kansas City wanted Baltimore. Yeah. Right. Oh,
4: one hundred percent. Yeah. And They've, what, 3-0 and against Lamar? I think, the, I think Lamar so. has not beaten the Chiefs yet. It's the only team Mo- that he be has been able
3: to beat. <laughs> to be fair, most people haven't right. been, well, Except fair. Derek Carr, yeah. for some reason, is the only <laughs> one that could beat him. <laughs> but
4: yeah, the Chiefs have let teams hang around. And so, it, yeah, you're right. It might not take the Bills A game to, um, to be in this football game. But at the same yeah. time, though, I'm just saying if that scenario plays out where the Chiefs are on... Because there's, like, they have that switch that nobody else has where a minute left, they're like, all right, let's go win this football game, enough playing around. If that's the style of game they're going to have from the jump, the Bills mm-hmm. have to be more efficient on offense. They have to be more consistent than they've been the last two weeks. And, you know, last week is tough. The the wind definitely played a factor into that. Yeah, that's true. I thought Josh Allen, you know, especially the deep ball, he was putting way too much into it. And I was wondering, is this, again, um, cracked Josh Allen from Houston where he's just totally rattled and, and throwing the football way too hard and pressing the issue? But I thought he was just more so overcompensating for the weather. And so I... I I don't know, I haven't seen they haven't been where they were at the end of the regular season when it comes to passing efficiency the past two weeks, but yep. I haven't seen any like trends that tell me that's gonna continue
3: to happen. And what you would hope is, well, I guess I don't know if you can I don't it's hard to know how healthy the Bills wide receiver core is right now compared to the Colts. Well, game. sure. I mean
4: it's obvious Cole but, Beasley's banged up and even John Brown still doesn't look hundred percent to me.
3: Yeah, last week was a lot better from him. Sure. Uh toe drags on the sidelines, like mm-hmm. he he was getting open. Um, but right before that, I think for sure. Yeah. And Diggs has been on the injury report with an oblique. He has not showed that on the field. No, he's still (laughs) getting open every single play. Um, Gabriel Davis. Now, like we have to wonder about him playing tomorrow against the chiefs because he is questionable with an ankle injury. That's a big piece of the bill's offense. He is a physical target in the red zone and he is a deep target. He is, I think only behind Tyreek Hill and two other players, for receptions of 20-plus yards this season. And that's, that was not really expected to be Gabriel Davis this year is like, the burner. Like, they got Diggs, who I was, was gonna, the yeah. best deep threat in football last year, and then John Brown, who has a history of vert, of stretching the field. Like, And then here's Gabriel Davis doing it. But at the same time... He didn't okay. seem like that coming out of UCF. Like no, you know, right. He well, he, he only not... ran two routes at UCF. Well, well it's
4: fair, yeah. <laughs> um.
3: But to be fair, at the same time, like, Isaiah McKenzie is, I mean... We heard I heard Tyler Dunn on with Nate Geary in, in the last hour, and he did a piece, a deep dive into Isaiah McKenzie, who was basically the Bills' backup of everything. Like he, last year, he's playing cornerback when they got down guys. He's playing running back if he needs to. He's coming in at wide receiver, of course. He's throwing touchdown passes to Josh Allen. He is... Pretending to be Lamar Jackson as the scout team quarterback last year. You throw him in as your fourth wide receiver, and I think you're going to be okay. That's the fun part of this matchup is, you know, the
4: Chiefs, too, they're so deep when it comes to weapons, but so are the Bills. I mean, they're both, both teams are four plus deep when it comes to, you know, passing yeah. targets. I mean, it's, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I know that the last game was the complete opposite of... We, you would have thought Bills-Chiefs week six, right, would have been like Bills-Cardinals, where it's just back and forth, blow for blow.
3: Is that good or bad for the Bills? Like, if I told you there's going to be 80 pass attempts tomorrow total, is that good or bad Probably for the Bills? Probably
4: not, because that means the Chiefs' passing attack is on fire, but that's the way the Bills have also won, though. Like, that's the way the Chiefs... That's why the Chiefs are good, but that's also the Bills' style of game. And so...
3: I don't know, You almost for, can't answer it. For an enter- yeah. yeah.
4: For an entertainment perspective, that's what I want. That,
3: that is what. Did you see Mark? NFL Network did, or NFL.com did all of their projections. Yeah. And I think out of 10, maybe like seven picked the Chiefs, which honestly, I'm not crying about that. No. Three out of 10 picking the Bills against Kansas City on not the road surprising. in Arrowhead. Yeah. Like yeah. that is a huge sure. leap to come from at yeah. the beginning of the year. Mark Sessler, who I think is their senior NFL writer, he he. Predicted, and you know, it's it's online projections. You're probably just trying to make noise by making them. He predicted the Bills to win fifty nine to fifty six in double overtime. <laughs> would love that.
4: But <laughs> again, that would be the ideal scenario. But I think okay, yeah, I was struggling to answer the question, but I would prefer it not be that kind of game because I think the Bills are more built to win, a tighter seventeen to ten ball game. See, right?
3: I don't know if I am.
4: I mean they've been the that's Bills how they've ha- won the last three years. So not it wasn't this year, but I think if you told me that there's going to be 80-plus passing attempts tomorrow, I don't know if that's a good thing for
3: Buffalo. I see. I I think I would say it is the Chiefs won that style of game against the Bills earlier in the year. And Kansas City, they also had some weird games late in the season. Like, they had a 17-14 win against Atlanta. Like, I I don't know. Their defense is good enough. It's it's fine. It's not amazing. It's kind of like the Bills. It's fine. Um, But... They're also banged up at running back too, so maybe I should factor that in. We don't even know if Clyde edwards hilaire or Le'Veon Bell are going to play tomorrow. I think it's trending towards edwards hilaire will, and there's a lot of doubt on Bell. I don't really think it matters, it, by the yeah, way,
4: not for Le'Veon. At Bell. Least.
3: Did you see what happened with him last week? He ran the. He played the first snap for the Chiefs. I think they 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 motioned him out to to receiver, and he ran the wrong route. And he didn't play again the rest of the game. I was going like to say, they, Williams they pulled was... Him. Yeah. And well, at the same time, right, Darrell Williams looked really good in that game. How so. far Le'Veon Bell has fallen? He's I'm just... Sitting out just a couple
4: of years ago because he wants 20-plus million on a contract.
3: And now he can't get on the field for the best yeah, offense for in the, football. Yeah. As a pass-catching running back, by the way. Right. Like, that's, you would say, like, <laughs> two years ago, Le'Veon Bell
4: and Andy Reid is a perfect scenario. Yeah. And,
3: yeah. All right, well, maybe, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Kansas City, you're, it actually goes towards your point. that Maybe the Bills can win that style of football game because... If Kansas City doesn't have Edwards-Hilaire and Bell if you want it too. Mm-hmm. That's going to hurt their run game if they need if they need it at any point. Yep. 803 is the phone number. We'll take one call here and then we'll get to more calls after the break. Let's go to Nick on his cell. Nick, you are on uh, WGR. What's up?
5: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. Like like your show. Thanks. Uh, I just want to make a couple comments. Number 1, uh you know the last Five to seven weeks, our defense has been playing uh, as good as any defense. And obviously that's been a big reason for our success. And the other point I wanted to make is uh, the running game. I keep hearing how Buffalo can't run the ball. But if you look at last game, we, we didn't really need to run the ball. They did a lot of the short passes, possession, quick, you know, quick hitches. Mm-hmm. And Diggs made a lot out of nothing. Uh, and, you know, Davis and, and Brown – but when they needed to in the second half, when they had to come out and get a you know, three or four yards, Singletary picked it up. And I think against the Chiefs, I think Buffalo can run the ball if they need to run the ball. And I think they may come out running, uh, just to just to kind of keep them off, you know, off pace a little bit. Uh I'll I'll listen to your response yeah. to that. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Nick. Uh, I I think
3: when you first started there, it's like the Bills didn't really need their run game because it's their short passing game. That's kind of how I think about the Bills' need for a ground game. I think their ground game is a combination of Josh Allen scrambling and just throwing quick outs to Cole Beasley for five yards. Like, that's your run game. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Do I need more than that? No, I I don't think so. I, I think... You know, in this game, if you want to throw them off, I don't mind mixing in the the run here or there. I mean, the Bills had one, run, one handoff in the first half against Baltimore last week, and they did only come away with three points. And their touchdown drive uh, that started the second half, they mixed in a couple. So I'm not saying run zero times, but... I want at least an 80-20 split, if not a 90-10 split, passing versus Yeah, I was going to throw- say even
4: running. even talking about how the Bills could probably win a 17-10 ball game more, like that might be the ideal scenario in this matchup. That still doesn't mean for me run like no. seven you score 17 points because you're running 30 plus times. I mean nah, I still want the, the the mentality to be aggressive in passing the football.
3: Uh, your run place should be Allen scrambling. That, yeah. That's that's where yeah, I am. I that. agree. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. In about a half hour, we'll have Therese Paler of the Yahoo NFL Podcast, as well as Check the Tape, his web series. Uh, he did a piece recently on Josh Allen and Brian Dable. We will have him coming up at. 3 o'clock, and then at 5, Dan Pizzuta of Sharp Football Analysis, he did some film breakdowns of Stephon Diggs, specifically Stephon Diggs running the comeback route, which I was making a big point of John Brown doing last year. Diggs has kind of been doing that a lot this year, so we'll get more on the Bills receiving core uh, with with Pizzuta when we uh, have him on at 5. But to your calls next, 803.05.50, special edition of Sports Talks Saturday, Joe DiBiase and Lou DiBiase, John Simon as well here on WGR.
6: As you look at teams that have had some
2: success against the Chiefs, I would think obviously having a safety over the top of Tariq Hill to not allow him to beat you like that. But then doubling Kelsey, you're going to have to double Kelsey, disrupt him, not allow him to just get free releases. You look at, like, the Patriots, so one of the things that they like to do when they play um, Kansas City, you have your defense alignment, hit Kelsey off the line of scrimmage, and then turn him over to the linebacker of safety. So just try to disrupt him, disrupt his timing, because he's been the one that's hurt teams most this year, especially late just him being able to uh, connect with
0: Mahomes
3: former Bills linebacker London Fletcher on with Howard and Jeremy on Thursday morning that's on Travis Kelsey the Chiefs leader this season in targets receptions and receiving yards 145 targets 105 receptions 1,416 yards he is easily the best tight end in football 11 touchdowns by the way to go with it. And, I mean, he is... It's not even a tight
4: end. I mean, that's a top-tier right. receiver.
3: I was listening to Greg Cosell on One Bills Live on Friday, and Greg was talking about him lining up away from the rest of the receivers, just going... Did you see the touchdown he scored last week? Yep. He just goes one-on-one with Denzel Ward. He doesn't even beat him with his physicality. Mm-hmm. It's just straight-up route running that he burned him with.
4: Yeah. There is no tight end there's no tight end like him. I mean,
3: Kittle's close Kittle's but
4: kind of close but
3: It's hard it's hard to know because Kittle has not really had a quarterback yeah. that can throw it to him, mean, him like I mean, what Kelsey other does. offense
4: uses a tight end in like sc- the screen game and you know, Andy Reid loves those no shuffle passes in motion, you know, rolling Mahomes to the right and just dumping it off and like, like the run after the catch ability. Like you normally are not like let's get this tight end the ball you know, three yards or below towards the line of scrimmage, so he can work. I mean, that's yeah. just that's unheard of at that position. But that's how they use Travis Kelsey. And it, I mean, the numbers you just rattled off—that's what top five receiver numbers. That might be. I mean, top three. I know for a while he led the league in receiving this year. It, I mean, it kind of kept going back and forth with Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, but Travis Kelsey. Diggs, was right Diggs there. led.
3: Diggs led in targets, receptions, yeah. and yards. I think. But yeah, but Kelsey there was, there
4: was times where I think Kelsey was at the top. Yeah. For portions of the season.
3: Which is um, insane. ESPN's changed over to postseason stats. So I'll get those for you in a second. Let's go to the phone lines. 803 0550 is the phone number. Bob in Syracuse, you're on a special playoff edition. Of Sports Talk Saturday. What's up, Bob?
2: Uh, it's funny that you guys were talking about that because I was thinking when I was calling, I wanted to discuss that because I wanted to get your opinion on, um, you know, I think, and I agree, I think. If Kelsey has a big game and a passing game, you know we all know the way the Bills played him last last uh, time, they tried to shut him down, but they got exploited in the run game, which I think is going to change. But well, Let me pose this to you, okay? Let's say, remember when Tredavious White locked up on Gronkowski yep. and how frustrated he got with him? Yep. All right? So I'm not saying put Trey on him the whole entire game, but how many times have you seen Kelsey catch a pass in the red zone and do a curl into the end zone, just walking in. Why not just lock him up with white and take your chances and maybe chip him at the line, like he says. You know, I mean, what do you think?
3: I like the idea of White on Kelsey. The problem is though then Tyreek Hills going up against I don't want who, Levi Wallace. Hill lines up in the slot so often that I don't want White in there anyway. It's so out of his element, he just never does it. So yeah, to but, completely change Tredavious White's position because of where Tyreek Hill lines up, I don't know if I need that to happen. Taron Johnson is has been it's hard for me to say this because I don't really analyze every nickel cornerback in the league. I'll just say Taron Johnson's had a very strong season. Okay, yeah. And he's had he played very well, I obviously, in the able past to, five weeks. If
4: you said anything else, I wouldn't have been <laughs> able to say you were wrong. Right. Though, who, so. who, who am I going <laughs> to compare
3: him to? Is Nakawa Roby Coleman still playing somewhere he's in the terrible league? He's in Philly. But. Um, yeah, so I, I don't have another name for you <laughs> yeah. there. Um, John, if you could actually do me a favor. Greg Cosell, actually, I think that clip of him talking about Kelsey lining up on the outside, uh, I want to get to that because – I think White and what they, the Bills do with him tomorrow is very intriguing, and the, what the Chiefs do with Kelsey is intriguing as well. So here, here's Greg Cosell, NFL Films, always good X's and O's, uh, on with uh, Steve Tasker and Chris Brown yesterday.
2: I'm so curious to see how Sean and Leslie match up to this. The Chiefs line up with Kelsey as the single receiver to the short side of the field with three wide receivers to the wide side, and they put Tyreek Hill in the inside slot. That is very, very difficult to defend. They line up in that quite a bit. I think they've done that particular look well over 100 times this year. The touchdown we just see right here came out of that formation And the Browns stayed in his own concept, which put Denzel Ward on Kelsey as the single receiver to the boundary side of the formation. And Kelsey looked like, you know, a big kid and and Ward looked like a ninth grader on that play. So the question is, how will the Bills match up? Normally, Tredavious White is the boundary corner. Will he match up to Kelsey in those situations?
3: To me, Hmm. that's Greg Cosell. It sounds like a lot of similarities there. The Bills play as much zone as anybody in football. And he mentions there the Browns on that Kelsey touchdown last year, and they do that a lot. They stay in zone almost regardless of what the opposing offense's formation is. And to me, if the Chiefs come at the Bills tomorrow with that same look, it's Kelsey on an island on the left, and then it's Hill in the slot on the right with whoever you want, Hardman and Robinson maybe lined up outside of him. The Bills also, I I haven't seen them do as much shadowing with White as they did last year. He kind of just plays on one side, and they leave him. Mm -hmm. And if that's Kelsey's side, I, I don't know which offense or which defense will try to make that happen, but I think that's what I want. For the Bills defensively, do White
4: to shadow Kelsey,
3: or not to shadow him? But if he gets lined up with him, I think you just stay in it. And I know it didn't work for the Chiefs and the for the Browns and Denzel Ward last week. But I don't have a better idea of how you're covering the best tight end in football.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword because with shadowing versus just keeping White in a certain area because you can do that for an offense that only has like one weapon, like the Patriots when they had Gronkowski. There wasn't. A, a Tyree kill on that offense that I was nervous about. So you could just say, okay, Tredavious White, go take on their best weapon, take him out of the game, and force them to deal with the rest. But there's just the Chiefs are so deep that it's, okay, sure, you might commit White to Travis Kelsey, but then you have all these other playmakers to worry about. So I don't know. I mean, I would probably agree with you and just mm-hmm. go on Travis Kelsey because that is their most consistent weapon um, in every area of the game he can beat you. But it's, it's tough because it's such a tough ask because of how deep that offense is personnel-wise.
3: Yeah. eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Tim in West Seneca, you're on WGR. What's up, Tim?
6: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I did speak to John. Uh, I'm very concerned if Gabe Davis is not physically ready to go tomorrow. He should just be ruled out and take our chances with somebody else. We really don't have much of a – and I'm not saying that he's crippled or anything, but he didn't look really good at the end of the game last week. Hopefully, he's physically good enough to go. I know he's questionable, but I would rule him out if he's not ready to go. I, You want to come in with all hands on deck that could physically move. Yeah, well, He's not good to begin with physically either. So it would look pretty ugly if you had an ugly guy that's banged up and an ugly guy that's banged up. If you put a healthy guy like – you know if you concentrate the game plan on Beasley and the others mm-hmm. and maybe put Isaiah McKenzie in more packages that might be something that I, could be more of an option if Gabe Davis is still gimpy.
3: Yeah, Tim Tim, thank you for the call because it is a valid concern how healthy he is and whether they put him in. If he feels like he's healthy enough to go, I'm doing it. Because I can have him play limited snaps. Right. I, I kind of want to see Isaiah McKenzie f- at full health in there over him anyway. Well, and the problem if he's is, you up. Don't,
4: every receiver right now is well, pretty much banged up. And anyway. the other, and the other so, thing is,
3: who are you replacing him with if you just decide he's not playing? Yeah. Because right now, I'm not kidding you, I would take Gabriel Davis at 50% over Duke Williams or Andre Roberts playing wide oh, receiver snaps. Yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing about Gabriel Davis. Yes, he has been getting open a lot this season. But... Reliability with your hands, he might be second to Stephon Diggs on this team right now. Maybe Cole Beasley too. Beasley's made some circus catches, yeah. um, but he's there. Like he's got strong hands and catches everything, and he's got a good frame, good size. Like he to me, I, who am I replacing with? I don't trust Duke Williams' hands. No. I don't trust Andre Roberts' hands. I would be scared to death to throw those guys in the football if they're open.
4: That was the thing with so, Davis coming out of UCF. The one I didn't think he was like this vertical threat that yeah. would make plays down the field. His thing was. Good strong hands, large frame. That that's how he would win as a possession type of receiver. Right.
3: So to me, like, yeah, what am I replacing him with? I'd rather have him play ten snaps and know that if he if he does get open, he's gonna catch it. And if it's Duke Williams and he's open, he's gonna play what ten snaps anyway. It's not like you're putting him in a huge workload. Right. Mackenzie's the name. If, if it's between an injured Davis and McKenzie, I'm going with McKenzie because he gets open, he also has reliable hands, and he gives you 10 other things that you want if you need it, like reverses, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 550 is the phone number. More to your more of your calls next at 803-0550. We will get to Therese Paler of Yahoo coming up at 3 o'clock here on WGR.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter.
4: Two things stick out. One, both are just good people. Usually in my experience, being a good person correlates to being a good football player. Guys rally around you and uh, you bring the best out of them. And secondly is competitive poise. And by that, I mean like they can both come into a huddle in crunch time and have a demeanor about them that permeates confidence throughout the huddle. And that's what you need in a quarterback and a guy who's always got your back.
3: Bill center, Mitch Morse. He has snapped the football to both of these quarterbacks tomorrow. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. That's what everybody's been wanting to see. It's the quarterback duel that we've wanted the Bills to be a part of. It, it I have some trivia for you later by the way. Mm-hmm. AFC Championship quarterbacks. Ooh, I'm in. Since the Bills last played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship in January of 1994, which was Jim Kelly versus Joe Montana. All right. I'm ready for that. I, that game was on NFL Network yesterday by the way. Very strange. I don't think I have ever even seen a highlight of Joe Montana in a Chiefs uniform. Like yeah, I, I know, I know it just happened. Knew of it. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus Allen was on that team too. Yep, running like it's back, the oldest yeah. running back in foot in like in NFL history. Frank Orr's taking him a run from his money on that. Um, so that game was like it was actually crazy to watch the Bills throw the football as much as they did for say, a team at that era.
4: Day, like offenses now, the Bills were like that back then. I mean, the pass catching running back. No huddles, spread.
3: It's crazy that the Bills had the most forward-thinking yeah. offense of like our t- of like a generation, and then they, and fell then into they went back to the seventies yeah. for twenty years. <laughs> <Right. laughs> They're like, "We're so going to draft running backs in the first round. Let's see how but that goes." We made it back to the, we, we, we made did, it back there. We, we made it there. back, and it somehow happened under this coach. Right? Who would have guessed that he walked Neither. in the door talking about culture and establishing the yeah. run and defense, and I was pulling my hair out Same. because this was the team I wanted, and it's happened. It just shows the adaptability of Sean McGregor. That's a great point. And that he got the right man for offensive coordinator because this did not look like this when Rick Dennison was his first choice as uh, OC. All right, coming up next, Therese Paler of Yahoo. Well, He's got a piece up on Brian Dable and some of the credit he deserves for Josh Allen's progress. And then also a lot on the Chiefs. Therese used to cover the Chiefs uh, for the Kansas City Star, so we will uh, talk some, some Chiefs with him as well when we return here on a special playoff edition of Sports Talk Saturday. Joe and Lou DiBiase here on WGR.